tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Mr. Brett Terpstra, and a very, very, very special guest, our friend, Brett's uh, colleague, um, both of our former colleagues in another life, uh, the guy who frankly is responsible for Brett and I like knowing each other to begin with, all around great guy, um, uh, a comedian, um, magician, we're going to talk about that, a bunch of other things, Mr. Victor Agrita Jr. Victor, Brett, how are you? Well, I think we're good. Yeah, okay. not bad. Sorry, that was like way more excited than I probably <laughs> should have been considering we're recording this in the morning when I'm tired, but I am uh, very happy uh, that, that Victor is joining us. We're on the cusp. We're recording on Saturday, which I actually really like because it's super low stress and I don't feel like I'm like cheating on work. But right. yes. we're at that point where for me, it's noon. For Victor, it's one. And for you, it's 10 a.m., and on right. Saturday, like we usually do the show at six in the morning. So like saying yeah. 10 a.m. is too early is weird, but. It's not that it's too early. It's just, I, okay, I went to bed at like, I don't know, like four. So. Well, shit, that's your problem right there. Well, that is my problem right there. But, it, you know, lots of problems. But um, anyway, I'm super excited Victor's here. Um, how's everybody's mental health doing? I got to I gotta tell you. I got to tell okay. you. I'm curious about Victor's mental health, but I feel like I need to explain the stupidest manic episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I had a couple weeks of, I thought I was stable, but I began to realize uh, about a week ago that I was actually, like, low-grade depressed. And that's why, like, I felt, like, demoralized every day at work. It felt like everything was going wrong and everyone hated me. And it didn't dawn on me, because depression is sneaky, it didn't dawn on me that I actually had, like, <laughs> like uh, a mental health issue, not a horrible job. Um, right. And then, all of a sudden, it happened the day after I got vaccinated. I got my flu and booster shot. And the next day, I was I woke up, and I was productive, and I was, like, super good at communicating with people. And I thought, oh, shit, I might be going manic. But I was like calm. I was just, I was, I felt productive and normal. And then that night I fell asleep, but woke up early enough that I knew I had to be slightly manic. But it was, I, I normally when I'm manic, like it's no problem to focus on things, it's no problem to stay awake and uh, just get shit done. And I do a lot of stuff and this one, I'm just super tired. I'm calm. I'm slow, but I'm not sleeping. And so I'm just like going, I have this wall I'm pushing through right now. So I'm really tired. And if I'm an asshole to anybody, I apologize. I have like no filter and very little impulse control right now. And I'm crabby because I'm tired. So that's, that's my mental health corner right there. Okay. So stupidest manic episode ever, crabby, tired. Okay, but you've you've also been productive, which we'll we'll talk about. Um, Victor, how's how's your mental health? Uh, I, I can tell you, I can identify with the what Brett was talking about, and I don't know that, that that's the, like super stupid because I've felt like that as well. Let me tell you, I uh, years ago, back when webmastering used to be a thing, mm -hmm. I couldn't get my computer online for four days because of a misconfigured uh, Winsock proxy file. And uh, that was embarrassing. Um, 
And so lately I have uh, come to peace with a lot of things. And so it's actually been really good other than not getting a lot of sleep the other night because of the lunar eclipse. We'll blame it on the moon. <laughs> what did the windsock proxy have to do with your mental health? That like that was a disconnect. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. You just encapsulated the entire thing. It was a disconnect. And uh, the biggest thing for me has been uh, dealing with ADHD. Um, and I've been able to manage it. Like, I think I've hit a plateau where I've been able to manage it lately. So that's been super, super good uh, to get in that groove. I, uh, y'all, y'all seem like old hands at that. So I'm just saying this is, this is all new shit. Uh, I mean, me. look, we're old hands at it, but it doesn't mean we're good at it. At least, I mean, I don't regret, <laughs> but I mean, I like, I definitely go through periods of time where I'm like, yeah, I am not handling this well. Like this is fucked up. I am not doing a good job of this. Yeah. And well, and coming to accept, like seeing that, you know what I mean? That that's, that's been a big thing for me because otherwise I would have just ignored it and been like, ah, just barrel on forward, but forward. But now, uh, just that realization, that awareness, which is a big part of like the mindfulness work that I've been doing. So, yeah, here's the Not problem. Bad. Here's the problem for me with the ADHD is like, I'm, I, I take stimulants. I, I treat it pretty well. Uh, on a good day, everything's fine. I feel like a normal person with the medication, um, I'm not great at like forcing myself to do things I don't want to do, but I'm pretty relaxed about forgiving myself for that. The problem is I also have bipolar disorder and the treatment of ADHD with stimulants, uh, affects the exact same receptors that can trigger manic episodes. And so I'm walking this very, uh, thin tightrope between productive and manic all the time. And if I didn't take the stimulants, I don't think I would have nearly as many manic episodes, but I can't not take the stimulants. Like I do not, I do not function as like an employee without the stimulants. So I, it's, I'm working with my doctor. We're going through some med changes right now. I got to get this shit nailed down, but it's a real tightrope walk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I I'm lucky. I don't have the manic stuff that I have to deal with, but I am in the same thing where like sometimes like, yeah, like I, I, I don't like to force myself like you into doing stuff. I don't want to do all those. Sometimes I, I have to, but, um, th that period of time when I ghosted my shrink and, and it was all bad, like I definitely, I, I need the stimulants. Like I need them flat out. It's just one of those things. And, um, the, the, the periods in my life when I've like tried to uh, avoid that, uh, proves that. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So, well, um, Victor, uh, what else have you been up to? How, how, how things, how are things going in your life otherwise? Otherwise, uh, you know, pretty swimmingly actually it's been, it's such a pleasure to work with Brett again. And, um, even though I'm an asshole all the time. Well, see, that's the I thing, man. I'm, I'm, I threatened to hunt you down and kick you in the dick the other day. <laughs> well, uh, look, first of all, I know you pretty well. And so that that doesn't bother me. But uh, the other thing is that I'm always worried about being an asshole. So we have this great, like, you know, uh, set of boundaries based on negative reactions, I guess. <laughs> A negative reinforcement field. That's what it is. I feel like I'm better at being grumpy than you are. Oh, my. Well, now that's quite the challenge. Wow. Wow. Yes. You, Gauntlet has been thrown. Like when you're in a Zoom meeting uh, with people who m might not know you very well, you, 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 your responses are measured 
and you usually try to uh, answer in the affirmative and like find a way to make things look happier. And I definitely do not have that skill. I very much appreciate that. And let me tell you who I learned that from was Brad Hill, who yeah. you both know and remember mm-hmm. as being that kind of guy who was just like a diplomat. Uh, and he and I used to love to watch and, and talk about Star Trek Next Generation. And so it's like I'm channeling, trying to channel my Picard <laughs> at work and be diplomatic and uh, and yet firm, right? I'm channeling my malfunctioning data. <laughs> well, then we're the perfect pair. Yeah. Um, um, did, did you get your booster, uh, Christina? I did. I got it on Tuesday. Did you also get a flu shot? Um, I got a flu shot the week before oh. I did not do the double thing, which I've heard is, uh, I mean, like it's allowed, but, um, from friends who I've, I've talked to who did it, they were like, yeah, that was not a great idea. Um, I actually tried to do it at the same time and they were like, yeah, if you want to get them together, you won't be able to get them until December. And I was like, fuck that. Oh. So, uh, I had to separate, I had to get them at two different places. I got mine one in each arm, same visit. And honestly, it, the next day wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, the, the, I gotta say that the next day, because you were Pfizer, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, also Pfizer. The recovery was better for me than the the second dose of like the shot. Yeah. Like, the second right. dose of the shot like kicked my ass, and then this one, I was like, well, my arm hurts a lot, yeah, and I'm feeling kind of lethargic, but it's not like I feel like I was literally hit by a car. So, um. Yeah, it was it's 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 been good. Um Grant's had more arm pain. His it felt like it finally went away, but he had arm pain and, and stuff that he blamed on the flu shot too. I don't think that's the flu I don't think either of those are necessarily just the shots. I think some of it is just that he's getting old and doesn't take care of himself. <laughs> but yeah, but no, I, I got I got my uh, shots. And the thing is, is that there were some people who were like, Oh, well, how did you how did you get it? You know, you did did you fit all the requirements, whatnot? And I was like yeah, I'm gonna be totally honest. Um, I followed the rules last time. I even volunteered twice, like to to give like to help with the vaccine like process in um Seattle so I could, you know, like jump the line by what turned out to be like a week or whatever. Um, because I felt guilty, even though like Grant met the extended requirements and and I probably technically did if we really wanted to be pedantic about it, but I just I felt like I didn't want to be that asshole who like took someone's spot. Sure, sure. And then uh, with the the um guy at that clinic, like at the mass vac site said it was like the name of the game is shots and arms. Don't care whether people are you know fit it or not. So if you find an appointment, get it. And that's kind of how I felt this. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm saying that I fit the requirements and yeah. sure enough, like yesterday they announced that everybody is right. capable and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm sorry, but like, fuck this. Like I I've done everything right at a certain point. No one else is following those rules. And if you got open appointments that no one's going to be taking, then I'm going to go ahead and take the appointment. Like, fuck it. it- it's a numbers game. And, you know, it's, it it's not like filling a, an airplane, right? It's, right. It, it, they should, uh, a lot of people have said that they should have just had like full on gates open. Everyone gets it. But, you know, that would have been madness. And, but right now, yeah, like I was able to just go online to Walgreens and like schedule a thing. And I got both shots and basically had the same experience uh, as y'all. It's like a little fatigue the next day, hurt in my arm. I was surprised that the combination of flu and COVID didn't uh, didn't uh, hurt more. But and I also got Pfizer as a booster, even though I got J&J back in mm-hmm. spring, uh, which is interesting. But yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. There was this interesting thing in the Wall Street Journal um, about like what the efficacy is when you mix and match, and, and Pfizer's yeah. obviously boost big time uh, with any of them. I'm uh, not Pfizer. Johnson Johnson's boost a big time with any of them. But it is interesting that you can get like more antibodies depending on how you mix and match. But this is the fucked up thing. Even though the the CDC has completely approved that. Um, other than for Johnson and Johnson, which, you know, you have to give somebody like a, a, a Pfizer or Moderna booster, um, they will not mix and match at a lot of the pharmacies like Walgreens as their mm. policy. If you, even if you go in and you click, you're like, okay, I had Moderna. Now I want Pfizer or I had Pfizer. Now I want Moderna. They're like, no, as policy, we don't do that. Mm, wow. Um, and, and I got mine at Bartels, which is a, a local pharmacy chain that I think is now owned by Rite Aid, but that's a recent thing. So it's, it's, it's a, but it's, it's a Puget Sound, um, uh, chain. Um, and, um, uh, the pharmacist, she was real nice, but she was like over and over again. She was like, you're getting Pfizer, right? And you're getting Pfizer. Cause I don't want to mix in. I don't, I don't want to mess things up. And I'm like, I mean, yes, I'm getting Pfizer, but if you gave him Moderna, it's not the end of the world because you can mix and match. And she was like, "Well, I, I'm not, I'm not sure." Like, so it feels like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the the knowledge about that hasn't quite gotten out. And obviously, the point of that is not to, um, for people to like game it to get the best combination. Um, right. It, yeah. I feel like that's the, a the, thing, though. I'm sure there's no, like, for sure. oh, oh, 100% bespoke bespoke vaccinations. Like, uh -huh. when I showed oh, totally up. It is. They gave me a, a fill in like I just showed I walked into the clinic and they handed me a sheet and you had to choose either. This was right before the CDC changed the rules. So I had to choose either I was high risk because of health reasons or high risk because of uh, workplace exposure. You just had yeah, to pick yeah. one of those. No that's questions asked. They didn't ask, yep. how are you high risk or anything? Nope. And and I feel fine because obesity is is a qualifier. So mm -hmm. is ADHD in some states. But anyway, you could just check the box for the uh, for the vaccine you wanted to get, and they would stick it in your arm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's probably the way to do it. And yeah, I mean, I think for me, I think the the. Uh, I don't know if we even had to like choose the the difference thing. I think for Grant, I chose health reasons. He qualified. And for me, I was like workplace exposure, which hasn't been as true recently, but certainly in the past like year, I've been in situations where I've done like full on production shoots and, and I feel, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like I feel like I'm potentially much higher risk than I'm certainly not the same way as like somebody who's working, um, you know, as a, at a restaurant or, or, you know, a salon or whatever, but you can make stuff say whatever it says. Um, and, and like Victor said, it's a numbers game, but yeah, they, it seems like it's, it's different place to place, but, um, but yeah, I got my, I got my visor and I'm, I'm good. Um, I'm glad you got yours in separate arms. My friend Catherine was dumb and got them and both got them in the same arm. Ugh. And I was like, I was like, Catherine, why did you do that? They, they told you like one in each thing. She's like, I don't know. Walgreens just gave it to me one in, in the same arm. I was like, all right. That's weird. Cool. Like the That's same weird. nurse stuck it in the same arm twice. Probably. Huh. Hey, speaking of going to the doctor. Exactly. Um, this episode is brought to you by ZocDoc. When you need a doctor, you need a doctor now. Not in a few days, not in a few weeks, and definitely not in a few months. And so if you need to see an MD ASAP, we've got the solution that'll get you there, PDQ. ZocDoc, FTW. I wrote this. This isn't their fault. I, I wrote this. Ha <laughs> ha. 
<laughs> well, no, it's good. It's good. Um, ZocDoc <laughs> is one of my favorite apps. Um, but you can just download the free ZocDoc app, which is the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. So with ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance. This is huge. Read verified patient reviews and book an appointment, an in-person or video chat. So you never wait on hold with a receptionist again. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them, massive fans as I've mentioned before on the pod. It's my go-to whenever I need to see a doctor. Uh, I've said this before, but I'll say it again because this is legitimately true. This app saved my life when I was in New York City. I would not have been able to find like a place to go and and you know find a doctor otherwise. And even now that I have like more primary care doctors, like ZocDoc is a great tool that I use when I'm trying to find somebody to see because of the reviews and the fact that I can book within the app and the fact that I know that they take my insurance. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash overtired and download the ZocDoc app to sign up free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's ZocDoc.com slash overtired. Magic. Magic. That was actually, that was a secret magic. segue. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about magic, Victor. Just like magic. Um, yeah. Uh, well, not a lot of people know this because I've not done a lot of magic for other people. Um, I'm more like the researching type of magic nerd and collecting magic nerd, but um, I'm very much a magic nerd. Got into it when I was a kid, like a lot of magic nerds. And, uh, there's a there's a book out that I highly recommend to anybody who is curious at all about magic. And it's not like the secrets behind stuff, because that's obviously that kind of ruins it. You know, um, it's like if you made a cake and you couldn't taste sweet, it would it would not be a great cake. Right. <laughs> it's purely textural experience, which uh, I think I did have COVID a while back, by the way, and lost my sense of taste. And that was really interesting. So it's kind of like that. Um but there's a great book by Joshua Jay uh, called How Magicians Think that I highly recommend uh, everybody read, honestly, because it's his like love of magic. And he talks about why it's so compelling as an art form. Um, and it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's not like music where you can just kind of chill out and enjoy it. You have to be actively engaged in it. Hey, it's like a lean forward experience, as Steve Jobs would say. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is, you know, you have to really engage your mind. And yet at the same time, you're tricking your brain. So, right. You, you'd engage your mind, but you also have to have a certain amount of a suspension of disbelief and like yeah. watch it. Right. Unless unless you're you now when you watch magic shows, are you trying to figure out the trick or are you enjoying it? Like what what's your method there? That's that's the thing. You know, <laughs> sometimes uh, I can sit back and enjoy it. I, when I went and saw Penn and Teller, um, I was absolutely able to enjoy it. Now, afterwards, I was picking it apart, and now I, I read stuff or I see clips, and I'm like, oh, oh right, okay, uh, you know. But in the moment, um, I'm, I'm able to just kind of let go, partly because my memory issues, and I'm just like, oh, I've, I've <laughs> you know, whatever, get lost in the moment. But that's the really magical thing about magic is like it transports us back to when we were a little kid. And we experience wonder at everything, right? Everything was new. And it's that childlike mind. that, And so that really is fascinating to me. Um, so, yeah, if you're at all curious about magic, it's a great book. And that's that's why I love magic. There's my little essay on it. So nice. <laughs> I've always wondered, like, with comedy, 
most comedians are they're broken in some way they have some mm. trauma some mental health issue like you know and this is it's what makes comedy gold uh is pain is magic <laughs> similar did, did you get into magic out of like childhood pain or was it truly just childlike like curiosity and wonder you know that's, that's that's a really good question because I've I've tread in both uh, realms, as they say, and in Middle Earth, and uh, uh, I think that it, the most magicians that I've met are just more positive. Like overall, they're more optimistic, and and it's I think it's part of that childlike wonder thing. Like you have to be able to let your guard down. Whereas most comedians are very cynical. Uh, and on purpose, like that's where you get your humor is you look at things from a completely different angle. Magicians look at things from a different angle too, but they're also trying to evoke a completely different, um, sort of emotion. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, and ironically though, both use surprises as, as a sort of way to trigger that emotion. Yeah. Yeah. An illusionist, Michael. <laughs> What? It's from Arrested Development. <laughs> we oh. demand to be taken seriously. Yeah. Uh. Magician, you know, magicians are a thing that you know, tricks are a thing that that that, that uh, people do for money, uh, that that whores do for money or candy. <laughs> You know, the thing is, is that uh, there's a lot of magic out there that's done very poorly and there's a lot of copycat stuff and the art mm -hmm. form has, I mean, it's, it's struggled, but at the same time, it's, it's just a completely different type of thing. Like it, it, it should always be a very niche sort of thing because it's again it's not like music where you can just enjoy it in the background even with movies and tv sometimes we use them as comfort once you've seen a trick you can't go back you know you right. can't unsee that and yeah so watching magic over and over again is not really a thing you crave new experiences in right that. right i mean i think that's why like i i love Penn and teller um i've never seen them live but i would love to um and because I, I think that, that they do like did I see that? Did I go with you, Victor, to see it? You did. I did. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas, um, baby. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I would love to see them, um, uh, see one of their shows, um, because I, I I find them very interesting on a lot of levels. But their brand of like the way they deconstructed the entire magic kind of yes. genre in the fact that they show the reveal, but yet it's still even yes. as you're seeing how they're showing you the trick, you're still mesmerized and you're not paying attention because they're the, the humor. I, I don't know. I, I think Penn and Teller are, are fucking brilliant. Like, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. really are. Uh, another guy, if you've not seen Derek Delgado's uh, in and of themselves, uh, in and of itself, sorry, on, uh, I think it's on Hulu. Um, check that out as well. It okay. is incredibly evocative. I mean, it's the kind of thing that'll make you cry and very few magic shows will make you cry. Oh, I will check that out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like a huge, like magic nerd or whatever. Um, but as a kid, you know, most of us, I, I got into magic, um, although I wasn't that good at it. So for me, it was interesting. It was one of those things. It's kind of like me in sports where like, I'm more interested in kind of like the process and kind of the story behind it and the dramas and whatnot associated with it. Like rather than, you know, maybe like the, like performing and perfecting the art form yes. itself. Yeah. Um, which I think is why I like Penn and Teller. And it's why I've, I've liked reading about, you know, things that David Blaine has done and, and, and like, uh, like, like his Ted talk about how he held his breath, you know, for, for 22 minutes or whatever, which was still like one of my favorite Ted talks and, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and others. I mean, not, honestly it is, it's like a really, really good Ted talk. And, and some of those things are, are kind of incredible. Um, but I, I was always obsessed with, um, um, Houdini, um, mm -hmm. as a kid, um, 
was for for you when you got into magic like was it like did you did you read something did you see something like what was it that sparked that that interest in you um yeah you know i got a uh, a top hat full of magic that i think my grandparents bought at like kb toys in mm-hmm. the winston salem mall back in i don't know when but i was little uh and a lot of people get into it with like one of these childhood magic sets which is why you still see magic sets sold today uh but for me, it was also, uh, I think, my first Tenyo trick where I like it was this whole experience, right, where you the packaging was a certain way and the directions were a certain way. And the mechanics and the engineering of it really uh, was a thing. So if you look up Tenyo Magic in Japan, uh, they do a lot of stuff with Disney actually doing puzzles, uh, printing puzzles and whatnot. But they have this sideline where they release a few magic tricks every year. And this was the 80s. Uh, and they do like four or five tricks a year. And I just happened to get a couple. Um, and I started finding out more about the company as there was like, it was like the Apple of, (laughs) of, uh, of magic because they had this sort of like standard. They had a very high standard. A lot of magic tricks, they come with like these photographed or, um, uh, mimeographed typed up instructions. So there's like low budget. I mean, it's kind of hokey and fun, but Tenyo had this like much higher standard. In fact, Alan Parsons, of the Alan Parsons project did the translations back in the eighties. Oh, wow. I had no idea up until that's a few actually, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually kind of awesome. I'm not going to lie. Like right? the fact that I didn't know that, that, and, and so, so does he speak Japanese? Yeah. 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 Oh, fluent it, Japanese. Yeah. But which is magic nerd. Awesome. And he's yeah. a magic nerd and he's like a good enough, like translator to be able to, tra- that's actually, hold on out. Okay. Today I learned that's actually a really fun, fun fact. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's what got me into it. And and then I found out about their design process uh, when I was a kid. I went to New York Tannen's Magic Store, which is still there, and bought a book or a magazine. And they had a thing like, here's how they designed the tricks at Tenyo. And I'm telling you to this day, that's what got me into software documentation. Like everything that I do now was because of that, because I learned that it wasn't just some guy who was like, oh, how do I do a, you know, an undercut differently or whatever the heck. It was a whole team of engineers and magic nerds who got together and created these highly designed tricks uh, designed for kids to like learn how to do magic. It was amazing. I love that. How cool <laughs> is that? That's actually, that's awesome. So I, I'm glad that that was on the list because that I wouldn't have thought to ever to even talk to you about magic, but like, that's awesome. And I love that it's had that kind of impact, um, in those, those other things. That's really cool. It's good stuff. <laughs> I'm the nerd about it. So as you can tell. No, I mean, well, <laughs> look, this is a podcast about nerdy shit. So there you go. So we Perfect. Love that. Um, <laughs> speaking of nerdy shit, Brett, uh, do you want to tell us about tech expander? Oh man, I really do. What was that? Yes. I, I, I got, I started writing show notes and, I stopped hearing what you guys were talking about and then I, know, I lost I, track I, of the conversation. No, I, I knew that you did. And then I realized, I'm like, I'm, why am I writing show notes? I'm doing a podcast right now. And um, yeah, so that's where my brain's at. But speaking of magic, yes, text expander. We're always excited to have Text Expander as a sponsor on this show because Text Expander is our number one pick for productivity software on basically any platform. Anything you type repeatedly can be turned into a snippet and you can turn it and you can insert it in any app just by typing an abbreviation. A couple of letters can insert long text and even images into email responses, online forms, text messages, reports, anywhere you're typing. 
Stop typing the same thing multiple times. There's just more to life than that. Text Expander 7.0 is now available for download. The latest update brings fresh new experiences that make Text Expander easier to navigate, all wrapped up in a whole new streamlined look and feel. This version includes enhanced snippet suggestions, improved conflict management, better accessibility, and more. Check out what's new in Text Expander 7.0 by getting Text Expander today. Overtired listeners get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. That's T-E-X-T-E-X-P-A-N-D-E-R. Just in case you were wondering, textexpander.com slash podcast. Back to you, Christina. All right. Thank you, Brett. So, so that's, um, so yeah, I, I, I actually, it's funny cause I, I picked up on the fact that you weren't talking to us and I was like, oh, he's completely tuned out. Um, and, uh, it wasn't on purpose. It had nothing no, to do with like, I don't know what you were saying. So I can't tell you that there was any reason I spaced out. No, 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 no. And I got it and I looked and I, I saw that you had updated the, the show notes cause I, um, I was, um, finding the David Blaine Ted talk thing. Um, and, um, uh, but because because my, my my ADHD foo is good in the sense that I can be like doing something like that while I'm talking to someone and carry on the conversation. And if I'm actively involved in the conversation, then I can like even be writing something and like be totally fine. Yeah. But if I'm not talking and I'm doing that, then I I am gonna completely like zone out on what's happening around me. And it gets way worse when you're really tired. Overtired. It's overtired name name of the show on the 10 but this actually is a good thing because i'm looking at our show notes and there are these how to adhd stickers yeah i just i threw this on there because we've talked about the how to adhd youtube channel before yeah and i've been a patreon supporter of them forever and i'm pretty sure i never got my name in a video so like and and you get uh like higher like elevated discord access with it but I, I never use it. So I'm basically, I've just been throwing money at this channel and, and just watching the videos like everyone who doesn't pay. But just randomly in the mail last week, I got a letter from How to ADHD. And inside were stickers perfectly sized to cover my laptop with and no note at all. No thank you, no nothing. <laughs> just a sheet of stickers. And I, I mean, said, hey, good I enough. Mean, that is. We all have ADHD. Say, it's surprising we get anything done. No, I was going to say, actually, that seems like kind of like the perfect like, <laughs> right? uh, yeah. like ADHD way of setting something like, here you go. No context, no information, but here's your <laughs> shit. We're sorry it's late. I remembered the stamp and I put the thing in the envelope. What more do you want from me? I, I, exactly. You got your damn stickers. Be happy that it got done. Um, also we spent and we probably spent an incredible attention to detail to make sure the stickers were as we wanted them to be. Um, and, and, and hyper-focused on those details. So yeah, no, I'm looking at their, um, at their, they have like t-shirts or something, I guess, uh, on, on their website right now that you link to. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, some of their stuff is cool. They're based in Seattle, uh, at least their PO boxes. So I'm assuming they are. Um, but, uh, there's like a whole team now. I think they have like a bunch of remote help with it. Uh, like, well, probably, probably. All I know is their PO box is not far from where I live. Yeah, maybe you should see if you can meet Jessica. She, she, she seems very nice. No, I, I was actually kind of thinking. I was like, hey, that would be cool. Oh man, would... what if we could get her on the podcast? See, that's what I'm saying. See. Oh man, maybe they could. 
Because this should just get- be an ADHD podcast. We should only have people with ADHD on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we couldn't have that- Aaron back though. Yeah, so that's what we I'm saying. Like feel- we like Aaron, and that feels elitist. I don't know. Like, I, I think they- the mo- most people have. I don't know. I feel like everybody's a little bit neurodiverse, but um, neurodivergent. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> I got corrected on that the other day. Oh, really? Like, people can be neurodiverse, but a person is neurodivergent. Oh, Who versus right, whom? Right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm usually better with that grammar shit, but fuck it. It's, you know, we're tired. Um, sure. Okay, but 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 I'm seeing that. That's so funny that you just, like, got, like, this, like, envelope of stickers. You're like, okay, cool. Very, very random. Uh, especially since I've been, like, a Patreon subscriber for over a year and never, yeah. It's about time, I guess. Yeah. What? So, I I I am I'm a um, an accomplice for a defector. Are either of you familiar with defector? No. So, do you remember Deadspin? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Deadspin imploded in spectacular fashion two years ago because they were given a mandate by the um, like corporate older overlord, like piece of shit vulture, like um, uh, what are they? Um, uh, not venture capitalists, but the um, um, hedge fund like fucks who who bought it um uh who bought geo media or bought so they bought uh like uh all the the gizmodo media group sites which were all the gawker sites except for gawker um plus um all the um the fusion media group sites which uh was um uh, splinter which is now gone uh the root the onion and uh ab club um and um they they bought um that um in 2018, 2019, I want to say. And um, they uh, proceeded to then like ruin it the way that most of those like things ruin things. And they issued an edict to the Deadspin team that basically said stick to sports. You're not allowed to write about politics. You're not allowed to write like about culture. You're not write, allowed to write about like anything else. You just you have to write about sports. And anybody who's been follow, who followed Deadspin knows that like that was never Deadspin's thing. And in fact, it was kind of a meme where Deadspin sold merch that said "Stick to Sports" because that was like a frequent critique from some of the the asshole commenters. And that was never their thing. And in fact, a lot of like the most like the best Deadspin stories were only tangentially related to sports, if at all. So um, uh, predictably, the staff did not agree to that. And then they had like a whole week where they did nothing but not post sports content. Like specifically they were writing sports stuff, but they were specifically like telling management, you know, to go fuck themselves. And then Barry, who was their acting editor in chief, because the editor in chief had left after she'd gotten into a huge fight with management and had been, um, and then there was an internal, the the internal investigations group wrote an incredible in-depth story about all the fucked up stuff happening um, at uh, their company, which then there was an edict that they're like, oh, we can't do self-reporting on ourselves, which is a whole other thing. Anyway, um, Barry wrote another blog about that wasn't about sports. He was called in by the CEO, this 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 um, herb named uh, Jim Spanfeller, uh, who then um, fired him, told him to get the fuck out. And this was like right before Halloween or right on like November 1st was maybe it was Halloween. And everybody else on the site quit. So the entire staff wound up quitting and walked out. It was like major news. So a year or so later, they came back with Defector. Most of the people who'd been involved with Deadspin came back and formed their own um, website called um, Defector, which is basically what Deadspin was. Deadspin still exists, but now it's it's 
they don't even have comments on. Oh, they had to turn comments off because the fans were so upset by what they did to Deadspin. They literally disabled comments on only Deadspin. Um, and, and that means all the past blogs too, which is a shame. But, um, uh, anyway, defect, sorry. I like their tagline, all of our bullshit, none of theirs. Yes. And so Defector's an awesome, awesome site, but it's one of these things you need to, like, they have a paywall. Um, some of their stuff they'll have available for free, but it's one of those things where it is, it is like, you know, user supported and, and they, you, you pay a certain amount of money. I think it's usually like $5 a month or something, but there are some people who are accomplices and that means you give them a thousand dollars a year. And I did that the first year, um, because I was like, well, I want to support what they're doing. And I did renew and now what they've done, and I really appreciate about this about them, they just start sending me merch because they have like a merch store. And so they just send me like random, like like pieces of merch. I just get a few pieces a quarter and they just like mail it to me. A thousand dollars a year. I know, but I know them. They're my friends. Like but I could I, see like one time, like lifetime donation of a thousand dollars for something you I really agree. support. But to sign on for a that's 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 too much. I, I I I'm a fan of subscriptions these days. I support the subscription no, model, but that's fucking no nuts. no no. You're not wrong. And I and look, there are very few sites that I would like do that for, and and they are one of them. And I don't I, I can't say definitively that I will continue to like be um, an accomplice forever. Like I'm not gonna like make that commitment because that is a lot of money. Like I gave, um, the, the, the people who, cause when Splinter was shut down, they did a similar thing where they, they created discourse and I gave them a thousand dollars, um, their first year too. I did not give them a thousand dollars for their second year. Can I have a thousand dollars? I mean, I've given you, dude, you've gotten more than I $1, make $1, a lot of shit. Yeah. But you've gotten more than a thousand dollars off of me from being uh, your podcast co-host. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm just like, let's be real. So, um, <laughs> um speaking of subscriptions but, though, yes, Victor, what is Twitter blue? Uh, Twitter blue is a thing that I have not decided to subscribe to yet. I did subscribe to YouTube premium, for, <laughs> but I have, I, I don't know, Christina, you use Twitter blue, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I pay for it. I, I don't, I don't know. If, uh, I would not necessarily recommend everybody buy it for me it was more of a thing i felt like i owe so much of my life and career to twitter that i was like yes i will give you 39 dollars a year um what do you get for 39 dollars a year so you get a couple of things one um you can upload longer videos which for some people is a big deal so you can upload videos up to 10 minutes long because i Jeez. think now they're like two minutes and 20 seconds or something um which is um uh, or, or two minutes and 40 seconds i can't remember what it is um but, uh, but you can upload um, uh, longer videos. Um, and um, Do you get a blue check mark for $39 a year? You do not. You do not. You also get, so you also, they have like, so they also have some other lab features they're testing. Do you, did either of you ever use Nuzzle? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Okay, so 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 Nuzzle is basically back in Twitter Blue, um, where you can read from your network. You can see the um, the most. Um, oh, uh, I the, would the pay top for articles. that. Yeah, um, I, I think it's it's not in all the apps right now, but it's definitely on the website. So they have a top articles thing, so you can see the the most shared articles in your network in the last twenty four hours, which Ooh. is really nice. And then you can see what people tweeted it. You can read the article. Yeah. They also have. Um, they also have ad-free um, reading on a number of websites, which was part of their acquisition of Scroll. Now, it does not get you around the paywall if those sites had a paywall. Wait, but... they acquired Scroll? Yeah. I feel like I'm still paying for Scroll. Did, is Scroll still billing me then? 
uh, you need to check on that because yeah, you so. should have been, you should have, you should have like, they should have stopped and, and you should have, um, probably been, they would probably encourage you to migrate to Twitter blue. Um, cause that's what it basically is now. Um, and then there are a couple of other things too, like you can customize your theme a little bit there. They have this ability. This was like a big thing that a lot of people were excited about where like you can delete tweets, but that's not really what it is. Um, it's, they call it an undo tweet thing, but how it works is it's just like, you know, the Gmail's 30 second thing. delay. Exactly. But you can set the, the delay. It can be 5, 10, 20, 30, or 60 seconds. Just so you know, you can do that for free just by waiting. Yeah, but but if you see the typo, that's the big thing. Is that, is that <laughs> Yeah, so pretend to send the tweet, take a breath, go back and read the tweet, and then send the tweet. Like, I know, trick yourself. I, you can, I guess. I mean, I, but, but I, I've, I've made the mistake cause I have it set on five seconds and it, it's gotten annoying enough that I might even like disable it, which is frustrating because you, but there's a button that says send anyway, which I think they should rename the fuck it button because that's basically like my approach. I'm like, fuck it. But sometimes I'll like hit the fuck it button and I'll be like, Oh shit, there, there was a typo or, or whatever. Cause you know, even look, our brains, work to like fill in stuff that's wrong oh, yeah like, no i just never catch that stuff within 30 seconds of sending it like i can't remember the last time i immediately regretted sending a tweet it usually takes me five to ten minutes yeah or, no, or a day when someone else points it out to me yeah well for me and it's always it might be like that 31 seconds or, or right after like whatever period i've had expired i'm like god damn it i see that i said the wrong thing um and then ios autocorrect fucks you over um oh, yeah. all the time uh God damn. I mean, autocorrect is, <laughs> is just the fucking worst. And, and, you know, people become so reliant. Like I hate Grammarly. I'm not, I don't want to go on a whole rant about that, but I think Grammarly fucking sucks and has made us dumber as a society because they will then, because they're like AI driven people's bad fucking grammar then goes into their suggestions. And I'm like, no. Um, also they fucking spy on you and like capture everything you've ever written. Grammarly yeah, that, is bad. Like I want, so at work, a lot of our job is to edit other people's content and yes. we're getting stuff, especially from non-native English speakers yes. with just obvious, not only grammar, but spelling errors. Yeah, and I yeah, wish there was a service, like, yeah, use your fucking autocorrect. But I wish there was a service that could do some of the just real bread and butter editing for us. Because uh, we're spending hours doing stuff that I feel like if that were our job, if our job were just to be gatekeepers of content, it would be a full time job. But they also expect more from us. I would. You want to hear my best autocorrect story, though? Yes. From yes. The, my best one from the last month. I can't remember yes. what I was tweeting about, but I typed it's a pain in the ass. And I didn't notice until an hour later that what I had actually sent said it's a passion in the ass. Ah, that's a good one. That's which, a good one. I used to, which is a lot like some of the non-native English uh, posts that we get. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. No, that's so difficult. And then like, I feel, well, some, I, I don't know. I'm of two minds. Like on the one hand, I obviously I'm like, you are writing in English far better than I could ever write in your language. So oh, proud yeah. of you. On the other, on the other hand, you know, I'm like, okay, but I have to make some serious edits and corrections to this because this is not readable right now, you know? Right. Um, do the people that you work with, are they understanding? Because I get a mix in terms of feedback. Uh, of, of the edits? Yes. Nobody has complained about being edited yet. Okay. Um, like yeah. some of our, uh, most of our team is 
is non-native English speakers. So even stuff coming from inside our team always requires a fair bit of editing. And the ones that are native English speakers are certainly not writers. So yeah. uh, we do a lot of edits and nobody has come back to say, I can't believe you made me say that. No, that's good. Yeah, no, I guess maybe, um, and, and I, that's probably mostly my experience. There have been some times when I've like edited community stuff where people, if I've had to rephrase things or whatnot, and I've kind of gone with them, they're like, well, you changed all this stuff and, and almost get offended. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just trying to make this more readable. Here's um, the, I think, you know. I think a lot of the people, uh, that all of us work with, um, are the first to tell you like, oh, I'm not a writer, you know? <laughs> it's right. Like, so whatever you do to make it more legible to an, any human being is fine by me. Tim, Tim always says my grammar is horrible and I'm, a, I'm not a writer, but his stuff is the best contributions we get. He's actually well, a really go. good writer and he just doesn't realize it. Yeah. Um, uh, the the biggest so we do a lot of tech content uh which is a lot of like command line tutorials and stuff yeah. which is where uh victor is having a rough acc acc acclimation i shouldn't i <laughs> reacclimation yeah it's just been it's just been over a decade since i've really used the command line like with any right with regularity, regularity. It's, yeah. it's aaron too like it comes down to me like they do their best to make sense of like code samples that are like terminal commands, but they don't have the prompt defined and you can't tell what's the mm -hmm. command and what's the output. Yeah. And you try to right. format it so it'll syntax highlight and be readable on screen. But if you're not like someone who's in the terminal every day, you yep. have no idea where to put that dollar sign to indicate the command prompt, for example. It's yeah. it's it's a it's a rough it's a rough job for non uh non-terminal people, I think. I mean, I think even for terminal people, I think that it's it, the writing aspect, right? Because that's another, I mean, you just mentioned that, you know, if some people aren't writers, um, so, but which obviously isn't the case with Victor and Aaron, but, you know, for, for other people who might even have the experience, if they don't have like that writer sense, like writing a tutorial, writing a guide is, is difficult. Like there's a lot that goes into it. There is. Um, uh, and and people don't think about that because I I don't I don't work specifically on documentation but I obviously help with them at certain things and um, I was actually thinking of of um, you the other day uh, Brett because I was trying to teach someone Markdown and um, and I, I and this is a person who I I, I don't know if, if if they would classify themselves as ADHD they clearly kind of are because they go and like off on a million tangents and it's impossible to keep them focused on stuff and and for this particular thing I really it was it was kind of a struggle i was just kind of like okay i i don't even know like what's the point of me even trying to trying to do this because they would open up the the markdown file it would render itself as as you know um, um rtf and and they would think that that was the markdown I'm like no 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 like you need to actually open this in a oh, so it was like a, source. it was you were trying to get way back to basics totally like, totally in plain and, text exactly and i mean and this is a situation where i'm like where the the system that they're actually giving something to is in Markdown, so I was like, if you if I can, if we can get these concepts across, this will actually make it easier for this stuff to get updated. But I had uh, this fun experience of of sh screen sharing with Victor while we were reviewing some uh, some Markdown advanced concepts, and he <laughs> was using VS Code with a Markdown plugin, which. Like I love like Sublime and VS Code Markdown plugins are amazing. If you know if you know what to expect, 
if you if you don't understand how like uh character doubling and backspacing and indentation all those shortcuts are going to work you end up fighting against it and it takes you twice as long to type anything it was fun to watch it was actually very frustrating to watch i shouldn't i shouldn't i shouldn't <laughs> sugarcoat that it was it was it was hard it was really hard it's hard to be in the driver's seat of that too. Let me Did, tell you. Have, has it gotten better for you? Have you? Oh are, God, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, you know, all of this stuff, and I think you all know this, and I think a lot of your listeners realize this too, is that these are just like if you are a great fighter pilot, you're going to train on whatever fighter pilot or fighter you you need to fly, right? Mm-hmm. That's just a, a matter of learning buttons and sequences and those kinds. That's the lowest level training you can imagine. Um, it's the, our companies pay us for our higher level brain functions um, and making judgment calls. And so this kind of stuff is like training, but it is frustrating when you do it. Just like my misconfigured windsock proxy. Um, right. <clears throat> See, which uh, <laughs> I was going to say, this fighter pilot analogy feels as disconnected as the windsock, and then you compared the fighter pilot pilot analogy to the windsock analogy <laughs> which i guess is full circle that's right it's, <laughs> a call, it's called a callback, a callback. <laughs> it is that's that's true it's a callback you're killing um, me you're talking about the command line you had fish in there i want to talk about that but first i want to talk about simply safe oh please tell uh, us about simply safe yes if you ever wanted to make your home feel safer there is no better time than now this week our friends at Simply Safe are giving overtired listeners early access to their Black Friday deals, which is awesome. 50% off their award-winning home security. We love Simply Safe because it has everything you need to make your home safe. Indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Simply Safe was even named best home security system of 2021 by US News and World Report. There are Simply uh, these are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. There's no long-term contracts or commitments and it's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind. So take advantage of Simply Safe's early Black Friday deals and get 50% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash overtired. Again, that's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash overtired for 50% off your entire system. And so hurry because this offer is going to end soon. That was that was succinct and to the point. I appreciate your sponsor reads. Um yeah. Yeah, but let's talk about let's talk about fish talking about the command line. Let's talk about fish. Yeah. So I've gotten really good at fish over the last couple of years. Um, for anyone who who isn't familiar with fish, you got you got your bash, you got your Z shell, and then you got your fish shell. You know, you got your seashell and your shell and all. But the fish is like the cool kid on the block. It has like all yeah. these like fun features that make it it's it's a like if Apple designed a shell. It's yeah. it's really nice. It it's really great. But, but, it, but it's not work. installed no. by default on any system that you like SSH into. So if you've gotten really good at fish and and you know what to expect on the command line, you know all the shortcuts and you know all the language differences and it, it it's useless. Like you have if you want to use it like on my Synology, if I SSH into my Synology, I have to recall how to use Bash 
why don't you just install fish from, a, from your package manager? I did. Okay. That's the thing, though. It's this extra step for everything. And there are systems I SSH into that I don't have package you don't have access rights to. on. Absolutely. Yep. And so, like, I've kind of, I've, I've coded myself into a box where I only want to use fish, but it's just, and now I don't know Z shell at all. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I skipped over Z shell and I was already using fish when Apple switched their when they switched it to Z so, shell. Yeah. So I kind of, I almost went the fish route and then I stopped myself for exactly the reasons you're talking about because the little I used, I was like, Oh, I really like this. And then I was like, shit, you are going to run into so many problems when you use other machines, which you do a lot. And also the fact that, um, like, um, the, the Azure CLI, um, is in bash. Um, and, uh, like in terms of like removing, like retrieving the cloud instance is in bash. Um, but, uh, here's, there's not a way to install fish on it. I, my, like I used bash for 20 years and I, I had so many, shortcuts and aliases and functions and key bindings and bash that even if bash was available half of my muscle memory wouldn't work on a remote system well right i mean which is which is why you have dot files yeah and i you know it's not like i'm helpless 20 years of bash you don't just forget how to use bash right it i just i miss the good stuff like fish is so good yeah. So, but the the challenge for me, and I mean, I would be into it. Um, but but as you said, like the the cross platform stuff, with that that would be the like issue because there would be times when because it, it's difficult enough. Like we've been able to do things in terms of like the um, uh, Azure Cloud Shell stuff, where like you can attach your dot files, which is really nice um, to be able to have your different bindings. But like that's Bash, that's not Z Shell. But Z Shell will is backward compatible. 99 percent mostly mostly like there are a few instances but it mostly is there that's been my biggest thing with with fish is that i have some scripts and granted they're not written the right way i realize they should be like better but i have some old stuff and and even some things you'll find online where they don't you know dictate the shell so if i'm trying to invoke that in fish it's not going to work yeah i had to, I had to gonna, update a lot of hash bangs yeah and so then you're gonna have to and, and then that makes it a problem going forward like if you're finding stuff like I don't know. I I I really liked the look at it. It just feels like more of a pain in the ass than I can get into. So I it's went a, down the, like, the, the there's like a route. two week. There's a two week. Uh, if, if you dedicate yourself to it, there's like two weeks of updating scripts and learning new uh, like export commands don't work. Like basic things that you have to find new ways to do. Once you get over that two weeks, though, it's 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 heavenly. It's so nice. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make this an episode about defending fish, but you know what I did this morning? What did you do? So you know what FZF is? I think we've talked about FZF. Um, yeah, we have. Like command line uh, type ahead fuzzy search menuing system. Yes. Uh, the guy who makes FZF uh, has these key bindings for Bash and Z shell that let you wa- so like I can type git show and then i want to insert uh, a commit hash right so i just type mm-hmm. command g or control g control h and it pops up fcf with a list of all of my recent commits showing their hashes and on the right side i can scroll down it and i can see the diff for each of those hashes when i pick one i hit enter and it inserts that hash in my command line um i had to hack the z shell scripts to work with fish this morning 
but I got it working and it's fucking amazing. Hell yeah. Um, oh, Victor, I have a book on um, Z Shell that I'm going to send you. I don't know if it'll be helpful to you or not, but I'm oh, going to send you actually, one. Yes, yes, definitely. <sighs> I, I wrote a script for doing that generates uh, shell completion for doing. It turns every command and every flag of every subcommand, which is over 30 different subcommands, it, it generates the completion file that gives you tab completion in Z Shell. So I learned a lot of Z Shell last weekend. Wow. Stupid. I get stupid. I get obsessed. <laughs> uh, I, well, I kind of do for a little bit, but this is this is interesting stuff to me. And, and you know, it's it's like an old muscle that I'm rebuilding, basically. So I, I kind of love it. I really I should buckle down and learn some Z shell. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's the thing with Z shell, like if you get into, oh my Zosh, which yeah. is like a whole package, man, yep. it's, it can be, but it can really slow down your terminal. So you've got to be really careful. That um, is why I uninstalled it because the few times I needed to use Z shell, like I was loading it as like a login shell from another shell and right. there'd be this like 10 second pause while, oh no, my, totally. oh my Zosh updated itself and then ran all right. of its in, in its scripts and everything. Yeah, no, because at this point, like, oh, my Zosh has become, like, basically, like, its own, like, operating system. <laughs> and, like, like people have turned it into fucking Emacs. I'm not even, like, I, you know, because it's got a whole package manager system and theming engine and all this stuff. And it's awesome, but it will slow the fuck down of your terminal, which is not what you want. Um, there are some alternatives to oh, my Zosh that try to, like, pare things down a little bit more. But you've got to be careful. But I, I need to get more into it. But it actually was funnily enough, I was like doing some of that this week. Um, I was like getting more into um, like I was re-reminding myself and like relearning and like going deeper into into Z shell. So it's funny that you had this thing listed because every time I get really deep into like more command line foo, because I'm not like I'm 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 in between you two, right? Like I'm I've I remember more and and know more than than Victor, but I'm not Brett. So um but so I love few Victor. people are. But I love to put on these rabbit holes of like getting more into this shit. And and then my problem is I just wind up forgetting a lot of it. But um, but I I'll get really into it for like a period of time. But I I always am so tempted by like the fish waters. I'm always so tempted. And then I there swear, are I swear, I swear to you it's worth it. <sighs> of course I would say the same thing about Vim right now, but I have a really hard time selling it. I have a, yeah, no, I have and, a and, eight and, and page I, I, long I cheat you, sheet. For Vim yeah, right now. Fuck yourself on that. Like I would rather use Vim than Emacs, but only oh, barely. God. You know. Um. Although I told you, you would like org mode. You would. It, it would. It would kill you to get there. But you just because the videos I've watched, like that is so completely your shit. But so the uh, be, I, we have one more sponsor we got to get to. I don't know how much time you guys have, but I was gonna say, um, by way of talking about doing. I will just mention that the latest post on my website on brettterpshire.com doing 2.0, I wrote that entire post and did all the linking and all the spell checking and everything in Vim as kind of a personal challenge. Um, but nice. it, it, it worked and it's a goddamn long post. I should have like, I, I, I should have made a series and I should have like taken each of these sections and really dug into all the things that went into doing 2.0, which I just released like today. Um, I, but I just don't know how many people actually use doing and like, it's a very personal project and I don't know how much to inflict on other people. I mean, it has 851 stars. 
851. It got a new one. <laughs> I just checked that yesterday and it was 850. Um, um, I'd already followed it. So it wasn't me. Um, uh, or I'd already started. So it wasn't me. So it's, but I mean, so it's, it's got like, and you've got like your, your launch bar, like Alfred stuff. Um, like, I don't know. I mean, it, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously and, and 79 forks. Which yeah, I was going to say. So here's the thing with 2.0 is I refactored the hell out of it. Doing one used to literally be like one file. It was a huge, one huge class, all in one file, and just go back spaghetti code. And go back a second, just give people context. Uh, explain doing, give, give your five second pitch oh, for it. Okay, so doing is my command line tool that lets me track what I'm working on. Uh, so I can just type doing now uh getting ready to record overtired and then when i'm done i can just type doing finish and it marks it finished adds a time to it and then i can easily see what i've been doing which is great with manic episodes because yeah i go down rabbit holes and as long as i'm typing what i'm doing i can easily have a breadcrumb back to sanity so that's kind of where it came from this is also, I have to say, like, like probably really useful for anybody who has to account for like like we do like weekly like check-ins or whatnot. So yes. anybody who is having to do either stuff, you know, within your like your your scrum on your sprint, right. or if if like we are now in our our like semi-annual like like review period where we have to like self like list and and, and assess ourselves and our managers assess us and we have to like list all our accomplishments of the last however many months. If I yeah. had something like this, it would be really helpful because I could just output and be like, oh, this can, is all the big highlights. I can just type doing show at Oracle and it will show me everything that I worked on for Oracle. And I, I created an import for timing app. So nice. all of my Zoom meetings and stuff that timing records automatically, those get imported into my doing files. So doing show at Oracle shows me literally every minute of my Oracle work. Every time I make a commit from like an Oracle directory, it automatically adds a tagged note to my doing file with an Oracle tag. It, yeah, like I've got it automated to the hilt, but. Dude, you're so freaking like, I, I love you. Your, your automation, sh like you just, you blow right? my mind. That's amazing. Right? right? Like, like, are you, is your mind not blown all the time, Victor? Like you're so <laughs> fucking so cool. talented. You're so talented. Oh, that's very sweet. But we do have four sponsors today. That's crazy. We have a crazy amount of sponsors. Yes, we're we're filthy rich. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Um, so, hey, listeners, are you overtired? Do you find yourself imbibing extra coffee just to get through the day? Are you so tired right now that you're answering these questions out loud without realizing it? Are people staring at you right now? You need a better way to energize. Napjitsu offers time-release caffeine to keep your energy steady throughout the day. Napjitsu's natural supplements were made by people who know how it feels to be tired and busy. Their patent-pending formulas have natural ingredients like B vitamins, guarana, and ginseng to give you a boost of energy without the crash later. I am officially a, a regular user of Napjitsu. I'm, I'm on a subscription. I get Nap and Now and um, what's the other one? There's three. Oh, uh, there's one that's for long, longer sleep, and I forget what it's called. But um, uh, the energy supplements are great. The now is is a great boost. But my absolute favorite thing they make is the one called Nap. 
and each nap is a little packet that comes with a chewable supplement and two capsules. You take them when you're ready for a 30-minute nap. Uh, the chewable has natural ingredients that lull you into a restful nap. And then after 30 minutes, the capsules metabolize and you wake up naturally feeling super rested. And it even gives you a little added boost to energize the rest of your day. Um, granted, I'm low on sleep right now. It is not the fault of Napjitsu. Um, I have, for the last three days in a row, had wonderful 30-minute naps that have literally kept me alive. Um, for a limited time, receive 30% off your first purchase when you go to napjitsu.com slash overtired. Remember, the smart rest more, the wise rest better. Rest up and level up with Napjitsu. Go to napjitsu.com slash overtired for 30% off your first purchase today. That's N-A-P-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash overtired. Victor, do you watch Brockmeyer? Uh, I'm sad to say I don't, but I looked it up and um, Hank Azaria is in it. So I'm it's, already. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't either. And I was like, oh, Hank Azaria. So for, <laughs> for the first three seasons, it is amazing. It gets better and better. Season three is a triumph. Uh, like, so the whole the whole thing is that Brockmeyer is a drunken drug addict who has like very public meltdowns about like his wife's infidelity and stuff and becomes like an internet meme. He's a sports announcer who, who it, it's crazy. Like it's this insanity. And then season three, he gets sober. Like he, he goes to rehab and gets sober. And at the beginning of the season, you're like, wait, what is this show? If Brock Meyer isn't drunk and they pull off the greatest uh, like rehabilitation story that you could imagine. And then season four starts season four starts 30 years in the future, a dystopian future. And, and Brockmeyer suddenly has a child who's now a 20 something and it goes off the rails and I cannot get into it. And I'm going to finish it because I have this undying love that engendered by three amazing seasons. I will finish this four season, but it is a slog. I'm, I'm, I'm very sad. That is, that's, that's bizarre. Yeah. That's, I highly uh, recommend getting through season three though. Okay. And and then just pretending like it ends. You, you totally can, yeah. But Christina, you're you're a TV aficionado like myself, and yes. I don't recall. An, there's very very few shows that do that kind of a hard right turn. Like American Dad has done episodes where they've done this like future shtick thing. Well, and but our- that that particular trope, yeah, yeah. But that like it's usually couched in like a dream or it's a you know right. <laughs> side pocket universe. But like that is amazing. <laughs> Just yeah. the, the chutzpah to do that. <laughs> I, I so it 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 came out in 2020. And it, it like the first release date was prior to the beginning of the pandemic lockdown. So I know they were done recording before the pandemic started. If that weren't the case, I would have thought they were just trying to avoid like current uh, yeah. world events by jumping into their own version of the future. But that that's not the case. They were just they were four years into Donald Trump when they were recording and they just decided to go dystopian future for no it, I, for no reason. Yeah, no, I mean, because I've seen shows like like uh like like One Tree Hill, which was not a good show, but it was a show yeah, that I've watched. Yeah. Like like they like went like five years in the future. Yeah. Um, 
so they could avoid some of the college bullshit because like that's not as fun or or whatever for like what was a high school show. And I've seen other shows that like do that, but yeah, you know, um, like a like Parks and Rec did like a a, a soft fast forward. Yeah, but um, that like that, that totally was- resolved existing plots and everything in it was like a resolution. No, exactly. To, to to just be like, all right, we're just we're going to this topic future thing, and we're just pretending like this other stuff didn't happen. Like, not even Dallas was that brazen, and Dallas <laughs> was pretty fucking brazen. Right. Like like Dallas had an entire season that they made a dream because they were able to get um. What's his face is um, uh, uh, Bobby's contract um, uh, fixed. Renewed, yeah, yeah, renewed. Patrick du- uh, Duffy came Patrick back. Patrick Duffy, yeah, yeah. Because so, so I mean that that's one of the most famous ones where where Victoria Principal wakes up and she's like, she, she, he comes out of the shower. He's, he's like, "Good morning," and she's like, "Oh, everything that happened and all those people, it was all a dream." And those poor actors. So, do you guys know alcoholics in recovery? No, you you don't know like no one in your life is a recovery. Oh, alcoholic. oh, oh! I thought you were talking oh, like yes. I thought, I thought, yeah, obviously, yeah. Sorry, I thought oh, you were like you. meant that it was like the name of something. And so, I was like, <laughs> you know how over the years they grow and they mature. Like when an alcoholic first gets sober, if they've been drinking since they were twelve, they basically have the emotional maturity of a twelve-year-old. Then they get sober and they start like working the steps or however they go about their rehabilitation, their recovery, and then. 10 years later, they're actually a pretty well-rounded person. What bugs me about season four is that apparently Brockmire has continued to be sober for 30 years and has not really grown out of his like uh, controlling, overbearing, loudmouth uh, 12-year-old self. I would have expected more emotional development over the course of 30 years. Yeah, that's a huge opportunity lost because you could totally show. I mean, look at, I will say, Ted Lasso is a great example of that. Yes. Adults acting like mature, responsible, aware adults. Oh my God, what a concept. Right. And also, like, showing like the flaws and showing that, like, right. Like, oh, wait. Like, like, the, like, like the turn with, with dealing their yeah. shit. Dealing Ch- their shit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got to clarify. In my head, it was 30 years and it's actually 2030. So it's only a 10 year jump, but still. But still. <laughs> But still, that's a 10-year jump. Also, I don't know, like, going 10 years is ballsy. But yeah. right now, given everything that's, like, happening, like, mm-hmm. I, I could well, see, like, five like They're years playing ago. up the global warming, uh, like, no, the I, country it, is falling apart. There are entire states that are now disputed zones. Oh, <laughs> like, I mean, right. Was, was, right, which is hilarious, I guess, if you're going to play it, like, for, for comedy and, like, being, yeah. like, ridiculous. But I'm just saying, like, like, five years, you can kind of see because – it's not going to be more than likely that much is going to have changed and, um, and and you can kind of portend things. Ten years, you get that that impulse, I think, to make like these bigger changes. I don't know. They have a, they have a personal assistant called Lamone that can hook you up. It, like it runs it's everything from uh, it cooks you breakfast. It will find you a life partner. It will order you a blimp like it just and it it learns everything and the AI is crazy and they don't get into like what that means for privacy at all. They just they imagine they, where- they, just, they just imagine that that of course like it, it it's going to be good like I mean look Janet on the Good Place was amazing yes and I I, w- I would love to have my 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 Rosie the robot from the Jetsons but. It would be Amazon, well, actually, yeah. it would be Meta, which I refuse to call Facebook <laughs> Meta, but whatever. Yeah, it would be Amazon. Did. Well, I was doing that as a joke. Um, but, <laughs> it but was it, ironic. It would be, 
I mean, it was, um, but it would be like, you know, it would be Amazon who'd be the ones who would like bring this thing out. Oh yeah. And, and like, no, (laughs) I mean, that breakfast better be damn good. Right. Like, like you better be able to manage my life incredibly well. If I'm going to give up all sense of, you know what I mean? I don't know. So the other show that I can't believe no one told me about before is doom patrol. Have you seen doom patrol? No. Yes. Did you like it, Victor? I did. I did. I have not. I've actually not finished. Uh, I don't. I'm not caught up. Let's I'm just say only that. on episode six. Okay. Oh, okay. I definitely want to check this out. I got okay. so into it. I binged the first five hour long episodes in one weekend because it just. I got hooked on it. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I never heard about it before. Oh, you know why you didn't hear about it before? Because it was on the DC Universe streaming service, right. which no one subscribed to. There are some very self-aware jokes in the title credits that are like, who is this for? And yeah. the voiceover is like, yeah, it's for the, for the nerds on the DC streaming service and a few people, few people who didn't know what they were getting into. Right. Yeah. So so it then came out on HBO Max um, in 2020. Yeah. Um, and I... 2020 is a whole blur to me. So um, I did not um, watch it, but I will, because I like the people who were in it. I like um, Diana uh, Guerrero. Um, Brandon who, Fraser, who's Brandon still Fraser. alive. Yep. And, well, Matt, yeah, well, and Matt Bomber. Yeah, Matt Bomber, who's Who so spends hot. the entire time wrapped up like a mummy. And he, you do. Yeah. It's amazing. Both Brandon Fraser and Matt Bomber, Bomber, who have like z- almost zero like actual FaceTime, but they are in costume the whole time. That's really interesting. And I'm glad Brendan Fraser is working because what happened to him was not right. And what happened to him? Um, he was groped by a dude, um, by a, like a, a guy who was like very high up at the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, uh, which is like the people who do the Golden Globes. And he complained and um, he was blacklisted essentially. Wow. I didn't know that. And and then later like sued for like um like uh, you know sexual harassment and other things. I I don't know if he sued, but he later like went public with it. But like they badmouthed him. Like they literally like he'd been one of the most bankable action stars and they they killed his career because he spoke out because someone like assaulted him. Huh. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. he he got he got heavy and now he's working. He did. Him. Yeah, he he did. He got heavy, like his lost hair. Um, but uh, you have to think like that he probably wouldn't have, like, probably would have been in a better situation if that stuff hadn't happened. I'll link to a GQ story from three years ago in the show notes. Um, Mister Nobody, what's the? He was the pilot of the Firefly ship and Firefly. Um, yeah, uh, Alan uh, Tudyk. Yeah. Yeah, he plays yes. the the like so overarching good. bad guy at least in season one, and he's awesome. I love that cool. guy. He, he plays such a good crazy guy. Dollhouse. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Alan Tudyk, 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 Tudyk. Yeah, but I like the girl. I like the girl Diana Guerrero, who she was on Orange Is the New Black. Who's that? Her life story. Jane. Jane. Oh. Oh. Was she? Yeah, she was. Uh, she was um uh, one of the uh, she was like one of the hot like Hispanic girls. Um, oh. uh, and um she was like recurring on that. Oh she yeah, no, like, I totally remember. She was a main character on Orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um and her life story was actually they kind of like made that representative a little bit. Um, 
she was born in the United States, but her parents and her brother were not. And she came home one day and her family had been basically taken by ICE and were deported when she was like 14. Oof. Which is fucking bad way to wake up, which is terrible. So like her, her, she wrote a book about her, her story is really interesting, but she's a really good actress. Awesome. Are we tired yet? We're definitely tired. I, I, I've, well, I'm like waking up, like clearly like my meds have kicked in. So I'm oh, going through, I'm minor wearing off apparently Christina. I'm going through like my typical Christina shit, but, um, yeah. I'm even putting our show notes in order. I'm going to be able to knock this episode out, get it live, like in the next hour, if all goes well, I do have to edit three different tracks together this is going to be fun why you don't want to know how the sausage sausage is made listeners i'm sorry yeah, i was gonna say i don't think the listeners give a shit actually they just want to be like thank you for this randomized episode but honestly victor thank you for i'm sorry we talked over you <laughs> no oh, no it's better. we'll bring him we'll bring him back we'll, we'll, we'll take another shot at giving him time to talk i'll, I'll try to rehearse a magic trick for next time <laughs> oh that would be awesome if that would be awesome um Oh, just like it's like the like the pornography for blind people, where it just explains <laughs> what's happening. You can no, do explained magic. Although there was this guy, I can't remember his name, but like there was this guy who would do like iPad like magic tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Gertner has done some, but um, no, there's a, a Josh J actually did a whole set for blind folks. Oh uh, wow! Yep. Yep, All right. Well, that's thing. your challenge for the next time you're on. We expect audio only magic. You got it. That's actually kind of awesome. Okay. That's a rabbit hole I'm going to go down like after we, <laughs> we get rid of this. That's like my next wiki K holes. How do you do magic for blind people? Because that's fucking go. fascinating. There you go. It's pretty cool. Export mark. Thank you for having me, by the way. Oh, thank you for being on. So good talking to you. Why? So, okay. More sausage here. Um, wh- why when Quip exports markdown these days, it it puts the, if it's a linked hyperlink text, it puts the text and then a space and then in parentheses, the URL instead of a markdown link. How is that what? a markdown export? That's not a markdown export. Uh, oh, people, I love Quip. They should sponsor us. Um, anyway, yeah. Yeah, seriously, Salesforce, give us some money. I think I actually lost my voice. Um, thanks, Victor. Thanks for coming by. Anytime. Thanks, Christina. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if Victor's ever heard the show before, but we have a we have a have standard close. It's a call and response. I say, get some sleep, Christina, and Christina and says, I, get some sleep, get some Brett. Brett. And yeah. then I say, get some sleep, Victor, and you say, get some sleep, Brett. And then if you want, we can do a three way where we can do it again with Christina. I'm just kidding. Get some sleep, guys. <laughs> Get some sleep. Get some sleep, Brad. The system is going down low.